right, everybody, good to see you. It's another Saturday night. Hope you're ready. Now, we're going to hop right into some heavy-duty stuff right off the bat. I'd like to start off with something that's a little lighter, but we just can't. We're going to hop right into, I want to go over the, uh, and I know that it's getting to be where you've probably seen it a bunch of times, but it's the way that we're going to be launching tonight, talking about a lot of different things when it comes to George Floyd and the death of George Floyd and other things. So we're going to start off with that video, if you guys have put that on for me. Um, I just want to look at it as we're, you know, kind of go step by step with it. If you guys could kind of put me on it. There we go. So here we go. This is the George Floyd footage. And as we're looking, you can actually hear him calling out right here. And again, I'm giving this to you from the perspective of a law enforcement officer, 25 years right here, retired two and a half years ago. All right, so first of all, you should never have your knee on his neck, obviously. Somebody's telling him, get up and get in the car, but he can't because there's not only is this officer on him, but there's actually two other officers out of picture that are on him also. I don't want to talk over everything because I want you to hear some of it. That's the phobia. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Everything hurts. Everything's hurting. Ah, there's water or something. Please. Please. Ah, I can't breathe, officer. Okay, right there. He says, I can't breathe, officer. Now, what should you do? If you're, you know, like, I, again, with me, if it was me in this scenario, first of all, I'd never have him down like that. Second of all, I'd never have my knee on his neck. Second of all, once the man says, he's already subdued. He's got his hands behind his back. He just said that he cannot breathe. So and you've got at least four officers right there. I believe there's another one actually at Mr. Floyd's car across the street. So what you simply do is sit him up. There was no need to even prone him out to begin with. Or, you know, not for more than 30 seconds. But this goes on for between six and eight minutes, just like this. And, you know, we could let it go to <clears throat> till it, till Mr. Floyd passes out, but we're not going to do that. It's just too gruesome to show, and it really just grieves my spirit so much to watch it. I don't want to see it again. But he's already said, I can't breathe. Everything's hurting. There's absolutely, what, what are the, what's the reason for this officer right now to continue this? What's the reason for any of these officers? Why is that officer just standing there? are doing nothing again i want to just i'm not saying this to over bona fides myself i'm just letting you know i've been involved in a lot of these scenarios i've been involved in a lot of arrests and what why are we still why is he still on the ground he's he's handcuffed why is the knee still on the neck he's already he said i can't breathe he, he's asking for help and he does throughout this video over and over and over again asking uh, for help shit. like you can't he breathe I can't that, breathe officer I can't breathe bum, it's very simple I mean right now, bro. all they need to do you is roll him up and right, right against the police now, car right there just let him sit against the police car and the man would be alive right now absolutely there's absolutely no justification for this now the the autopsy came out I believe it was actually either today or yesterday the autopsy I think it was yesterday the autopsy came out of what Mr. Floyd actually died of and what he died of was heart complications um mixed with uh you know chemical you know the, the drugs in his body uh, making the heart complication worse and here's what the coroner said exacerbated 
by the actions of the police. So pressing him down, having him pressed against the concrete. Regardless, and, you know, uh, Derek Chauvin, the police officer there with his knee on his neck, was, I think, the only one arrested so far, has been charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. I don't really know how that works, how you charge him with both. But regardless of what the charges end up being, you know, it, 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 it was the coroner said, now the family of George Floyd is having an, an independent, I think it's Michael Bodden, is coming in, a world-renowned coroner is coming in, medical examiner is coming in to do a second uh, examination, an autopsy of the body, uh, because they don't believe the, the city of Minneapolis's results, which was heart failure, chemical, uh, you know, drugs in the body affecting the heart mixed with law enforcement actions, what caused his death. They're saying that it wasn't asphyxiation. But regardless of that, okay, the man sat there for six to eight, not sat there, laid there for, with three cops on him. One of them had a, having his knee on his neck for six to eight minutes crying out for help. There's no way to justify any of that. It's an absolutely unlawful killing of a man. Now, what the criminal offense will be, it won't be first-degree murder, which I've been telling people for forever, and I think it offends some people. First-degree murder, you have to have premeditation. You have to have intent. That's not here. So it's going to be somewhere, it's going to be an unlawful killing of some sort, whether it's manslaughter, third-degree murder, um, mixed maybe with culpable negligence, the other officers, culpable ne negligence, whatever. The bottom line is there's just no way to justify it. So you have that. And again, I'm going over stuff I went over last night, but we're just using the video. I just wanted to give you a law enforcement perspective. As I'm watching the video, there's just nothing. There's nothing in that video that I would have done. Especially even when he's handcuffed, taking him to the ground is excessive. Sometimes that happens when somebody's really, really unruly. You've got to take them to the ground after they're handcuffed. But after he's laying on the ground and you've got three cops sitting on him, basically, one with his knee compressing up against his spine and his neck, What's the reason after 10 seconds? What's the reason after 20 seconds? What's the reason after one minute? What's the reason after two minutes? What's the reason? I, if I ran a clock right now, it would be stunning to everybody who watched how long six to eight minutes would be if we just sat here and watched it. So what's the purpose behind? There isn't. There's no way to justify what happened here. There's absolutely no reason. Now, here's the thing with me. And, I, and you, you may not believe any of this, but and I, I don't, if you don't know me personally, I don't blame you for not believing me. But for me, race, is, race in this, I'm not saying there isn't a racial component because I don't know the officers. I don't know them personally. But I don't even look at it like that. For me, everybody in there is colorless. It has to do with humanity. You have somebody on the ground telling you that they're in distress, that they cannot breathe. It's a human being. It doesn't matter to me what color they are. It's a human being. Simply, you've got all these officers there, four minimum, Simply sit the man up and he'd be alive today. That, that's all that needed to happen. He probably would be alive. The autopsy said he died of heart, of, you know, heart complications, uh, brought on, you know, mixed with drug complications, mixed with police interaction. So it's all three of those things. But chances are, if the first time when he says, I can't breathe, which we, I don't know if the video, if I caught the first time or not, or I may have been talking over it, but he, he says it numerous times and he's, you know, obviously, and then I didn't let the video run that long because I just—it's just too—it's just, just too sad to watch. But then after the, he's out, he's—he's he's unconscious. If you actually read the criminal police report, one of the officers says at least twice, "Let's put him on his side. Let's roll him on his side," and they don't do it. That's in—that's in the actual police report. 
It's, it's actually in the complaint that's filed against Derek Shaven. So the officer with his knee on his neck. So the, that, the officer actually said that. Let's put him on his side. And it wasn't done. So there's just no way to justify any of that. So we have that covered. There's no way there, you know, people are going to, the careers are gone for forever. Um, people are going to prison. At least, at least Shaven's going to go to prison for it. Other officers, I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll have to see, but people are going to pay the price. So that part is done. Now here's the next question. Let's move on to the rioters. What does any of this do for George, George Floyd? Let's, let's play it. Play that one for me, guys. You're actually supposed to play the other one first, but that's all right. <laughs> the other one with the, yeah, there it is, right there. There you go. Let's play that one first. So we just have to ask ourselves, what is this doing for the memory of George Floyd? And here's another important question that we need to ask, and I'll probably be called a racist for saying this, but what, do, what good does this do in solving the racism problem? What, what good does this do, black people, right here? What, what good does it do? Does this, does this help people who are white think better of the black community or less of the black community? I mean, and I'll get in all kinds of trouble for asking that question, but that question needs to be asked. What, what good does this do? If you're, if you're like, well, if you're of the opinion that George Floyd was actually killed, you can put me up, let's do the next one here. Thank you. I don't know what causes everybody to scatter right there. Oh, there's this police car right there. So we have to ask ourselves, what, what good is this? That's, that's a Coke machine that was dragged out. Oh, no, it's batteries of some sort. It looks like a Coke machine dragged out of the Target. This is all at a Target in Minneapolis, which my worship leader here at the church told me that Minneapolis is the headquarters of Target. We have to ask ourselves, what, what, is, what, good, does this, what good does this do? The memory of George Floyd, anything at all. What, I mean, if, it's, if it was... A racist killing by a white officer, what good does this do to solve the racism problem? If there, if there is a systemic racism problem in law enforcement, tell me how this solves it. I don't believe that there is a systemic issue. I'm not saying there aren't racist cops. But what good is it? I mean, look at these people. Name to me how what on earth this even has to do with the killing of George Floyd. Or are these people simply opportunists? Or is it true potentially that a lot of these people are even flown in from out of state? But I would guess that most of these people are local. And I, you have to ask yourself, here we go. Look at them coming, popping out of the window, bust out. Look at this, the target. Look at the size of the store. Look at these people. And this is a protest? Protesting what exactly? Here we go. Let's, we got, got our jewelry from the jewelry uh, center area here. Coming out, what else we got? Up, drop that on the ground. All in the memory of George Floyd. That's what this is about. Look at this. Look at the parking lot. The parking lot is full. People are actually, the word must have gotten out. And the people are parking as if the store is open. The guy's got maybe got scored himself a brand new bike. And some people got masks on. I find that to be hilarious. And here's what this, one of the funniest things is 
people are actually dumb enough to videotape themselves doing this. That's that's interesting also, thinking their repercussions will never come. Well, if you look at that parking lot, it's full of people. Absolutely full. It looks like a regular day, regular day at the store. And again, tell me what this is going to do for the racism problem. You can bring it back to me totally. Thanks, brother. Tell me what this is going to do for the racism problem in our country. You know, I was, I was in law enforcement, full-blown street cop, 25 years in a day. I did not see systemic racism in law enforcement. I'm not, listen, again, I'm not saying there aren't racist cop, cops. Listen, there's racist black cops, there's racist white cops, there's racist neurosurgeons, there's racist pastors. There's, there's racism everywhere. But I did not see it systemically. And the statistics don't say that it's systemic either. I'm not saying that there hasn't been some systemic racism in law enforcement. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying whether the killing of George Floyd was motivated by race at all. I don't know. But you have to explain. We've already categorized that. It's manslaughter, third-degree murder. The, the officer's been arrested. That's done. Now what about the rioting? What about the rioting? Is that going to be spoken about? What, what does this do for George Floyd? How does this help the cause of ending racism? Show the picture of the burning police car. There you go. How, how's that going to help the, the relationship between law enforcement and the black community? Explain that to me. You got the picture outside of Target? There you go. How, how's this going to help? How, how, how is this going to help anybody think more highly of the black community? And again, for, for, you know, people probably call me a racist for saying I'm not a racist at all. I'm not a racist in the slightest. <laughs> I could care less. I, I, I don't care who fills my church. Black, white, Hispanic, I could care less. All I care about is souls. But if, if what is being said is that these protests and these riots are being done because they're trying to end racism or make a, a point about racism, how does that help? Now, here's the thing. I like to always cover both sides of the issue. You guys put up that picture of the, not that one. There you go. Put that one up there. There we go. Look at that. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Now, that's brotherly love right there. This police officer had been isolated from his squad and basically was in big trouble. And some black brothers and sisters, black brothers, you know, because we're all brothers, white and black, we're all brothers. Some human brothers covered him and took care of him. That's what it means. And that's the way that I look at it. You know, whether if somebody's, if somebody's saved in my church, I don't care what color they are. They're my brother if it's, or sister. If they're a human being, they're a brother or they're a sister. And that, that's somebody that's, that's rising up right there and saying, you know what? We're not going to let this get out of hand. And I just want to show you know, great, great appreciation for that. But back to, back to the rioting point. We have to ask ourselves, how is this helping the black community? I mean, let's cue up that next one on the um, black sports bar owner. You guys can go ahead and play that for me. Today we found Corboy Bala, who invested his life savings into opening this sports bar, cleaning up. While our camera was there, looters came back to try to steal his safe. Right, trying to steal the safe. I don't know what we're going to do. We worked so hard to get here. So hard. So there you go. Name how that, name how that helps that man. And name how that helps uh, the cause of ending racism ever. 
He just destroyed a black business owner's property. And then while they're there, looters showed up to take his safe, which I covered last night, but I didn't show you the video. While the reporters are there interviewing, the man is in tears. How could you not feel bad for him? What are you doing in his store? What does that have to do with George Floyd? And then, not only that, but there actually are people there, including reporters, and looters show back up to take the man safe. Tell me, what the, tell me how that's righteous at all. And Hollywood is supporting this. Without question, Hollywood is, Hollywood is donating to this. Donating to get rioters and looters out of jail. Explain to me how, how th- this helps anything at all. How this advances any sort of moral high ground anywhere. It does not. This is from Todd Starnes from today. This is how Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis, is, is, is helping. Minneapolis, the city of Minneapolis, is handing out masks to, to rioters. Despite earlier resisting the state's attempt at limited uh, church reopening, Mi- Minneapolis resisted opening churches, but is handing out masks to rioters. Our, listen, our country, folks, it's lost. It's lost. I don't mean it's lost for forever, but right now we are lost. And for some of you are thinking, no, we're, we're reopening. We're, fa- we're reopening in phases. Well, you can, you can have, you know, two people inside the barbershop. Okay, you can have, you know, uh, half of you can eat outside. It needs to end right now. We are so, our country has gone so far to the stupid that we are handing out masks to rioters. Jacob Frey, the city's mayor, who has been under fire due to the increasingly violent protests over the death of George Floyd. See, these, pro, these are not protests. These are not protests over the death of George Floyd. These are opportunists. These are people saying, you know what? An innocent black man was killed. And lucky for us, it was a white officer. So now we have an excuse to loot the target. That's what's really happening here. That's it. It's simply opportunist. Are there some innocent protests going on? Not many. I haven't really heard of any innocent protests where people are gathering and actually protesting in the name of George Floyd. Everything's on fire. All the stores are on. I could put up a thousand pictures tonight. There's one right out of Minneapolis with the auto zone on fire. What's that have to do with George Floyd? Protests over the death of George Floyd. They're not protests. They're riots. They're criminal acts in the name. Listen, you're blaspheming the name of George Floyd. You're absolutely blaspheming the name of George Floyd. If you're going into a Target like that one man stealing a bunch of jewelry and a coffee maker and walking out, what's that have to do with honoring the dead? What's that have to do with police reform? Nothing to do with it. Violent protests over the death of George Floyd said Thursday, Jacob Frey, the the mayor of, of Minneapolis said Thursday night that officials were handing out face masks to rioters in an effort to to avoid the coronavirus spread. That's what you're concerned about? Your your city is on fire. As of yesterday, there was at least 130 businesses that were damaged or burned. And this guy's worried about the spread of a virus that basically has has a 0% chance of harming almost anybody except for those over the age of 70 with premorbidities. That's what he's worried about? That shows you how galactically stupid we've gotten in this country. 
How in the world does this man get elected into public office? How does it ever happen? Here, here's, a, here's a wonderful response. This is from Taylor Swift. Yes, the Taylor Swift. Tweeting out. Talking about President Trump. After stoking the fires of white supremacy, I will, show me one video outside of their doctored Charlottesville videos, which are completely erroneous. Stoking the fires of white supremacy? Name it. When? What? President Trump was a Democrat for most of his life. He was never accused of being a racist before now. But somehow he's been stoking the flames of white supremacy? After stoking the fires of white supremacy and racism your entire presidency, you have the nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence. What he said was when the looting starts, the shooting starts. He's warning the rioters that if you start, there's already been at least one, one rioter shot dead. I believe it was in L.A. There's one rioter that was run over by a UPS truck that they themselves were looting. So he's stoking violence? You have the nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence? See, this is somebody virtue signaling. I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. That's all, that's all she's about. She's not about right or wrong. Looting has nothing to do with race. Stealing is against the law. It's wrong. Hey, Christians. You're always like, Tom, you're picking on Christians. Always. Christians first, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. Judgment begins at the house of God. I want to see all the Christians now. You came out and rightfully were against the death of George Floyd. You're great. You're, you're on there and it really bothered you. Gay marriage never bothered you. The, all the lies about coronavirus and forced, forced vaccines never bothered you. Closing down your own churches never bothered you. But the death of George Floyd bothered you, and it should have. So you came out and you, all of you made your Facebook, you know, you, you got your phones out and you made your Facebook lives. So where, where are you now in the looting? Where are you going to differentiate yourself from the ladies on The View? Stealing that from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Where, 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 are you going to, where are you going to be actually distinguishable from the Democratic Party? Because the Democratic Party is against the death of George Floyd. All of humanity is, is against the wrongful death of George Floyd. So where are, you on the, where are you in the looters? Are you afraid of being called a racist now? Is it going to cost you some Facebook friends? No, right is right, wrong is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Burning down a business is a crime. It's a felony. Where are you, Christians? Put out the videos. Or you just got a virtue. You're so worried. Somebody's, uh, uh, somebody's going to call me a racist. Welcome to the club. Nerve to feign moral superiority before threatening violence. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. That's what President Trump says. We will vote you out in November. Good luck with that, Taylor. Good luck with that. All right, enough on the George Floyd situation for now. We'll get back to it. Let me read you some shift into Corona. Some 2.1 million Americans filed jobless claims last week. So everyone thinks this is over. It's not over. It's not, I wish it was over. I don't want to talk about it anymore. What I want to talk about is the Democratic Party on the political side. What I want to talk about is the falling away of the church. And what I want to talk about is the power and the presence of the Word of God and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk about. But I can't, listen, every, I, I just sense it. 
I had a friend of mine send me a text today, and he was talking about that him and his wife and family went out to eat, and he was real. He was talking. He was telling me about you know that nobody in the place was wearing masks, and it was like a normal you know experience at the restaurant. You know, the, wait, the waiters weren't wearing masks. They actually let you use salt shakers and ketchup dispensers, and you know. It wasn't a thousand alcohol stations everywhere, and there's many people in there. As there was, you know, I'm assuming there was. It was a packed house. But what what we said back and forth to each other was, it's just a shame that we are appreciating that our rights that were stolen from us are being given back to us. Everybody right now should be infuriated by this reopening. Why are you not infuriated? I, I send. I see it all the time put out on social media. Oh, I'm so glad that they're opening this, and I'm so glad they're opening that. Yeah, it's only 50% capacity, and you have to stay six feet apart. But at least they're opening things. No, you should be enraged. You should be saying, no, it should be 100% open right now. This whole thing was a hoax. This whole response was a hoax. Hoax, isolate your most susceptible people, people over the age of 70 in nursing homes with comorbidities, you put them, you isolate them just like DeSantis did. And then you just, you just live your life. No, why would, you, why would you quarantine a 37-year-old truck driver who has no preconditions at all? Well, he might catch COVID. So what if he does? See, this is the stuff that needs to be said. This is the stuff that actually needs to be said. Got to get a Coke hit. This is the stuff people can't not be afraid. You cannot be afraid. Yet people are like, I, I, I even see people who allegedly believe the way that I do send out some, you know, a, a relative of mine who's 38, caught COVID, everybody pray. Well, you don't send that out when they catch the cold. You don't send that out when they catch the flu. The flu statistics are exactly the same. There's a 0.1% chance of dying of COVID. And that's, that's average with people who have a much higher percentage chance. So really, if you're 37 and you have no comorbidities, no pre-existing conditions, you have a 0% chance of dying of COVID. So why are Christians putting, oh gosh, pray, pray. You're believing the lie. Statistically speaking, it has no, if you're under the age of 70, you have no chance of dying of COVID. See, I mean, it, it, even the 0.1% is average with people who have like a 2 or 3% chance of dying of COVID or higher. We've got, you, you've got to stop speaking the language. Oh, I'm so happy they're opening. No, I'm enraged. Everything's not open. That's what needs to be said. I'm enraged everything's not open. When's the next thing? Be? I want the next thing open now. Why are we not 100% open right in the state of Florida? Why? Why that's what I want to know. Even though I love Governor DeSantis, I want to know, why are we not 100% open? Why have I not heard that for sure schools are starting without restrictions? Why? There's no reason because they could catch COVID. So what if they catch COVID? Most people who catch COVID never know they have it. And even the ones that do know, most of them are mild. Remember what I told you from the world meter which is a biased source of the current cases in the world right now, there's like 2 million, there's 2 million, uh, 800,000, 2 million, 700,000 of those are mild. 98% of the, 
of the cases of COVID are mild, so who cares if you catch it? Yes, it matters in the nursing homes. It doesn't matter to you unless you have a pre-existing lung condition, a comorbidity, diabetes, a lung condition, a heart condition. It doesn't matter if you don't. I don't want to catch it. Why, Why do you even care? You'll get immunity if you catch it. That's what needs to be spoken because that's the truth. If it's not the truth, where are all the bodies? We started off with 330 million people in this country pre-COVID. Right now we have 330 million people as we exit COVID, hopefully. And see, for me, I don't mean exit COVID, hopefully, because I'm afraid of the illness. I'm talking about the insanity around it, which we'll get into. 2.1 million people last week filed for unemployment. That tipped us over 40 million Americans have filed for unemployment. And I don't see any Christians apologizing for your stance on COVID. We're sorry we closed the churches for nothing. We're sorry we scared everybody for nothing. Remember how, how I talk here? Conservatives first, I mean, Christians first, conservatives next, and then whoever else wants to listen. I beat up on the Christians and the conservatives first because you should have known better. I want to see the repentance. One of the very first things, if not the very first thing Jesus said in his public ministry was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you closed your churches, you need to repent of it. Listen to this. Some of this, if you don't see this in the book of Revelation, you don't read your Bible. Amid economic instability, worsened by the, by the pandemic, right, Spain approved a nationwide minimum income plan designed to reach 850 households. So just moving more and more into socialism. Could it be that it's a pandemic? And like, well, you're saying, Tom, that somehow they spread the coronavirus on purpose. I'm not making any, I'm not building any bridges that I don't know. But I do know that this, this just like the looters are using George Floyd for their own purposes the communists, the socialists, the little Stalins, like Gretchen Whitmer, love every minute of this. They're little opportunists like Andrew Cuomo and Phil Murphy and Janet Mills and Governor Inslee of Washington, Gavin Newsom of California. This is all just the greatest opportunity in the world for them to spread their socialist agenda. It's already happening in Spain. It's already happening here. Several American economists are worried that 20 to 40% of jobs lost during the pandemic, I don't even like to say pandemic, because it's not, it doesn't qualify as a pandemic. You don't need to falsify death certificates for a, for a, for a pandemic. You have to falsify uh, death certificates for a pandemic. 20 to 40% of jobs lost during this pandemic will not come back. 20 to 40% despite the aspirations of employees. I just heard that Jonathan said, hey, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, I love you, brother. Love you, man. Glad you're watching. I already already used some of your stuff two nights in a row. (laughs) Hope you don't mind. Another thing, if if contact tracing doesn't rivet your spirit, Christians, look at me. If contact tracing doesn't rivet your spirit from the inside out 
Something is wrong with your revelation of the Word of God. Something is wrong with your theology. You've been avoiding the Holy Spirit, avoiding the Word of God for far too long. There's a blindness that's come over you. Listen to this. Apple and Google made public their first version of their exposure notification API. And again, do you really honestly think that people are going to come that are going to come to you to your door saying, "You know what? Here I am. I'm a representative of Satan. I'm going to put a tattoo on your forehead that says 666 on it." Or do you think what does 666 mean? Does everybody know? 666 is the number of a man. The number of man. That's what it is. You think that they're going to come and say, here it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm the devil or a representative of the beast, and I'm going to come and I want you to take this mark so you can buy, sell, trade? Do you really think it's going to happen that way? Or is it going to be camouflaged? Is there going to be a reasonable reason? Like I hear all the Christians all the time. We need to be reasonable. We need to be compliant. We need to be full of wisdom. Wisdom from what? Your wisdom should be the word of God and nothing else. So what, 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 what do you think is going to happen? What's really going to happen is there's going to be a very logical, reasonable reason for them to come to you and say, hey, here's the mark of the beast. Listen, I know everybody stands different on pre, post, mid, whatever. I'm just saying it as, a, as just a logical argument. I want you to know this is how it will really be. It's not going to be, hey, here's the mark of the devil. First of all, 666 isn't the mark of the devil. It's the mark of a man. But Apple and Google made public their first version of their exposure notification API, a joint contact tracing software tool. It is not an app. It's actually an update to your phone that enables county, city, state, national governments to create their own software and then use the technology inside your own phone. It's already sitting on your Apple iPhone right now. You can pull it up. I, I would show you, but I can't zoom the camera in that far. Well, they probably could, but I don't want to do it anyway. It's called iOS 13.5. It's sitting on your phone right now. If, you have, if, your, if your iPhone says update on it, if it doesn't say update, it's already on your phone. I'll read it to you. iOS 13.5 speeds up access to passcode field to the passcode field on devices with face ID when you are wearing a mask and introduces the exposure notification API to support COVID-19 contact tracing apps from public health authorities. That's what's that, that's what it's all about. It, it it's actually been enhanced. It can what it is is it it more this this language if, if you're not a tech person you'll never understand it which i'm not so i had to look i had to uh, i had to look at it and understand it and read it over and over again well, all this is is being able to extract other people's phone information easier able to see other people's faces e easier enhanced so that if they're wearing a mask, it can still recognize their face for those that have given their face over to Apple, to Google for face ID. So they can still identify it even if you're wearing a mask. That's what it's for. And so that if you get near, you have this on your phone, and you get near somebody who's had COVID, then you're, they're going to come to you. Listen, go on to health department websites. I challenge you to do it. See, I get called a liar all the time. And you call it, you know, all different sorts of names all the time. 
But nobody ever sends me any information that corrects my information. Never. Not one time. Go on, go on health departments. You know, if you got Florida, it's uh, FDH, Florida Department of Health, California, SDH, anywhere. All you do is type in Minnesota, MDH. Go on their departments of health. And you'll see that they're hiring contact tracers. Look at me now. By the thousands. By the thousands. So that when your phone clicks on that you were near somebody that had COVID and or you had COVID and then it hits everybody else around you, then they have their contact tracers go and find them and quarantine them. If you're in the state of Washington, if you don't comply, you can't buy, sell, or trade and you will stay in your house. But don't worry, everything's fine, everything's reopening. No, it's not. It's not all reopening. It is not at all. There's, you can go on numerous websites and go state by state. Listen, basically with the exception of like six, seven, eight states, nobody's completely reopened. Even they're not really completely reopened because they can't, because they rely on businesses outside of their own state, so they can't reopen. This is not over. It's better, but better how? Better how? You're, you're allowed to have 50% capacity in a restaurant? That's better? You go into a, to get your hair cut and your barber's wearing a mask and you got to be 10 feet away from the next person getting your hair, their hair cut? That's better? Contact tracing is better? It's not over. All right, let's hit that video out of Montgomery County, Maryland. People are getting fed up. Care opens as the governor described. It's open for dependents of essential employees and phase one reopening employees. And there are limits on the uh, on the number of uh, people who can be in the child care. Again, these are Governor Hogan's recommendations. Uh, Personal services, hair salons and barbershops open for hair only. No haircuts, no manicures, none of the. uh, Back to me real quick, guys. People are done. <laughs> Montgomery County, just to give you some background information, Montgomery County is one of the most liberal areas of the country. And he's downtown. I mean, he's right in the middle of Montgomery County, right in the middle of it. And these people are done. I can't say who these people are, but they're done. You need to listen to their comments. Some of them are, uh, hopefully they'll come across to you. Some of them are like, you know what? Government needs to go without a paycheck. Explain to me how I'm going to live without a paycheck. Back to the video, guys. Houses of, wor- houses of worship open. can't pay their bills i like the the interpreter is actually interpreting the, the interpreter is actually interpreting what the protesters are saying uh behind <laughs> behind the guy that's actually causes of worship can do outdoor gatherings and do outdoor this services of montgomery County. manufacturing is fully Mark reopened Ehrlich. but with precautionary measures Car washes can uh, do external washes. Oh, thank you. Can do external washes, oh, nothing you. internal, and no contact with customers. Oh, no contact with customers. Outdoor produce picking will be allowed. <laughs> Outdoor camps will follow governor's guidance. 
is no more than 10 people there in a group, go. nine Thank children, you so and one adult. Much, That's the governor's guidance. Outdoor youth sports, same guidelines for, for, the outla- the for outdoor youth sports as the governor and outdoor recreation, golf courses, archery, shooting ranges, marinas, campgrounds. <laughs> And horseback um, riding facilities oh, thank are you, Commissar. So we've incorporated a lot of what came out of the governor's um, press conference last night, and we are moving into phase one of recovery. We oh, need to remember you. that moving the only reason this one. county did not have the steep curve that other jurisdictions had is that the steps taken by the governor and by the Get counties ready. bent the curve. Okay, fine. Oh. Only, only the actions that were taken flattened the curve. And if it hadn't been for the governor... Okay. So, I've already told you it's opening. I, churches can do outdoor services. I just oh, said Oh, thank you. Back to me, guys. Oh, thank you so much. And see, people, and, and even Christian people, are rejoicing. Oh, thank you. We can do outdoor services now? This, this, by the way, this was just two days ago that this guy, this is just a county commissioner. He's in charge, or he's the mayor, or what, he's a high-ranking high official in, in Montgomery County. Thank you so much. We can do outdoor services now. Oh, thank you. Well, you're essential. No, you're essential. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The Christians bowing down to the experts once again. Once again, here we are. Thank you for giving me back the rights that you stole from me. Thank you so much. And, and by the way, not thank you, giving, thank you for giving me back all the rights that you stole from me. Thank you for incrementally giving me little bits and pieces back. Thank you. And see the guys like this, they love it. They love it. Because inside, on the inside, they're little socialist Stalin totalitarians. That's who they are. This, just, this is a black swan that brought it out of them. That's all that it is. So let's look. Obviously, since they're just entering into phase one in Maryland, you know where I'm going. Obviously, they must have bodies stacked up everywhere, right? Everywhere. So let's look at the numbers. Got these today. CDC website. How many people live in the state of Maryland? 6,100,000. How many deaths have they had? Over 6 million people live there. How many deaths have they had? 2,390 from COVID-19. So you have a 0.03% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Maryland. And they just allowed you to have an outdoor church service? Where are you, pastors? Why have you not stood up? See, this is why. This is why I switched. I, I used to support other ministries. Now I support two outside of charities. I support Two ministries, Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Rodney Howard Brown, the River Church. That's it. You know why? Because one of them did get arrested. The other one nearly got arrested. And the thing is, they were never going to stop either one of them. I switched. I'm like, you know what? They're taking the stance. I don't know how many people Jonathan lost from his podcast, from his ministry. I don't know. I'll have to ask him someday. But the thing is, I don't know how many he lost. I think he lost a lot. But you know what? When you're principled, you don't think about whether or not you're going to stand in the truth. 
You don't follow Yehus like this if you're the church. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You don't follow Mark Ehrlich of Montgomery County. You lost your mind, pastors? Grow some courage and open up your churches in Maryland. Have some civil disobedience. 0.03% chance. Three one-hundredths of one percent chance of dying of COVID-19 in the state of Maryland. And all the churches aren't open. Why? Well, because people in the church might catch COVID. If they catch COVID, what do they have? They have a 0.1% post-infection death rate. Just take your most vulnerable and isolate them and open Maryland up. Shouldn't be rejoicing. Oh, thank you so much. We get to use ketchup containers at the restaurant instead of little packets. You know what else? I saw this the other day. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm all, I'm, the only word that I'm going to give you, because I always want to keep my word. The only word that I'm going to give you is I'm going to try not to put churches on here. But when I see a pastor peddling face masks for it with his church name on them it takes all that i have not to put them on here how on earth do you do you ever read the bible at all pastors and the conservative sites that sell shirts like this not this one because i won't order it this is shield republic they don't do it I won't order it from it from the sites that are now peddling masks conservative sites with gun rights and all those things Second Amendment, all those sites that are now peddling masks, as soon as I see it, moving on, I'm done. I'm not going anywhere near. I'm not buying anything from you. What's going on? What's happening in Maryland? Remember, 6.1 million people live there. How many people are in the hospital right now with COVID? 1,200. Total out of 6.1 million people. I will bet you all the mask wearers in, in Maryland thought it would be like 60, 70, 80,000, 100,000. Out of 6 million, you would think the way that people are acting that they, there would be 2, 2 million out of 6 million would be, I know there's, there's, there's one, there's 1,200 people in the hospital with COVID in the state of Maryland and they're talking about campground openings. Well, yeah, you can go camping, but you can't go near each other. You can go to the car wash, but you can't touch anybody. Why? Well, you might catch COVID. So what? Same as the flu. And again, I bring this up to you. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that the flu is half as bad as COVID, even though they're identical. Not the identical illness, but the identical statistics. What if they're half as bad? So churches, why didn't churches that closed your doors, Christians that quarantined yourself, why didn't you take half the measures for the flu then? If it's all about saving one life, why didn't you take half the measures? Why aren't you staying within three feet of, of staying as far away as three feet from somebody? Why didn't you quarantine yourself for a week instead of two? Why didn't you, I mean, a lot of Christians in churches quarantined themselves for the last two, two and a half months. So why didn't you quarantine yourself for one month with the flu every flu season? Why? Could it be that you bought completely and totally into a response hoax? You need to apologize. Pastors need to repent instead of talking about, I see this over and over again. Well, we don't know when we're opening. We're discussing it. We're having a staff meeting tomorrow, and we're going to uh, disseminate some information to our congregations. Uh, we don't know when. We don't know how, but we're very excited about the future. How? Why are you excited? You're like, Tom, churches are opening on Sunday. I know some churches are opening. Great, but I haven't seen any repentance yet. 
And I'm flat out telling you, if my pastor closed the church because they were afraid of COVID-19, and again, I don't think that many pastors were actually afraid of the illness. I think that pastors were afraid of losing congregates because they didn't want to lose the reasonable crowd. I did. I lost the reasonable wisdom crowd, the Romans 13 crowd. I lost them. I don't have them to lose. I only got a church of a little over 200 people. They're gone. Now we're filling back up now, but it's all different people. People are coming from out of town because even yet to this day, most churches in Florida aren't opening. Why? It makes absolutely no sense. There's 492 people in all of the state of Maryland in ICU. 1,200 cases in the hospital. And this is what we're talking about? Virginia. Again, people, it's like, it's over. It's, it's, it's over. We're reopening. No, it's not over. This is, this is this week. Gal, Governor Ralph Northam, who I'd like to call Northam, issued an order from his, from his governor's mansion, you know, Ralph Northam from his mansion in Virginia, requiring every man, woman, and child in the Commonwealth, every child uh, at, at the last that's over the age of 10, so every child under the age of 10 can be mask-free, but everybody else, if you're under the age of 10, you don't have to wear a mask, but everybody else does in the state of Virginia. I guess everywhere you go, well, let's see. To wear a face mask as a condition of entering any enclosed space. So you don't have to wear it until you go into an enclosed space. Well, once again, thank you so much, Ralph Northam. Who is he? Who is he to dictate to the body of Christ? Where are all the conservatives in Virginia? Just don't do it. Well, I might get arrested. Now's the time. Stealing from Jonathan again. Take your pinch like a man. I was ready. My church was ready. And numerous people here, we were ready. We weren't closed in this place. Never have, never will. And, I, and I'll put this invitation, I'll put it out at the end too. But if you don't have a place to go this Sunday, I'll tell you there's two places you can go. The River Church of Tampa Bay, if you're anywhere in that area, or right here. Because if your church closed, or go to, the, go to your church that where your pastor never closed. If he closed, find somewhere else to go. Unless he repents. Everybody can be restored. Everybody can be restored. I want everybody to be restored. But the Christian way is when I blow it, when I'm wrong, the Christian way is to repent. Pastors who closed your churches, you were wrong. You were wrong. So you have this measure going out in the state of Virginia. This is just this, is just this week. This is, this is two days ago. It's not over. The little totalitarians love it too much for them to let it go. They love it. This is what they want countrywide. This is what this is what it would be with Joe Biden. We'd all be wearing masks. Not me. I'd go to prison. So there has to be again. If you're if it's what May thirtieth today, and so two days ago, let's just say May twenty eighth. May twenty eighth, you're issuing a decree from the governor's mansion. That everybody has to wear a mask indoors? So there must be, again, in Virginia, there has got to be bodies stacked up like cordwood, right? There has to be. How many people live in the state of Virginia? 8.6 million. How many deaths have they had from corona? Get ready now. What do you think first? What do you think? That's, there's several big cities in Virginia, right? It, almost 9 million people live there. 
There's got to be 100,000 deaths, right? 50,000, 60,000. There's got to be a million. According to what was supposed to happen, there's got to be 100,000. So how many deaths have they had in the state of Virginia? 1,300. 1,300 total. Made as of today, 1,300. And the governor's putting out a mask decree. For what? Well, because you might catch COVID. The very first thing you have to attack is the lie. The lie is, is that COVID is an existential threat to almost anybody. It is not. It's not a threat to you unless you have comorbidities, pre-existing conditions. If you don't, be free. And insist that the government sets you free. 1,300 total deaths in that state as of today. So you have a 0.01% chance of dying of COVID. One one-hundredth of 1% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Virginia. A 0.1 post-infection death rate. How many people? Have, you know what their total hospitalizations for the entire COVID outbreak? I hate to even use terms like outbreak and pandemic because it's not. Their total hospitalizations for the entire COVID season, 4,601. Total. That's why you see all those hospitals that were built by the Army Corps of Engineer, Engineers to the tune of $660 million, Most of them saw goose egg for patients. All right, let's run that video of Governor Nawtham. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. So Christians in the state of Virginia or anywhere else, these are the people you listen to right here. Guys like this, we're going to deliver the baby. The baby's obviously alive, and then the mother and the doctor are going to have a conversation? A conversation about whether to resuscitate a human being who's laying right there? This is the guy making decisions. And he's identical to Cuomo. He's identical to Whitmer. He's identical to Gavin Newsom, to Inslee, to Phil Murphy, to Janet Mills, all of them. They're all like that, and that's who the Christians go, Romans 13, Romans 13. You rejoice? Oh, we, we're going to send more money to the underground church in China. Praise those people. They're, uh, we, we, they're such martyrs for the Lord. We rejoice in them, as you should. But then when this happens in America, you, go to, you, you quote Romans 13. Our ruling authority is the Constitution. By staying at home... You're the one violating your own ruling authority by closing, by closing your business, by closing your churches, by obeying social distancing rules, by, by, by spouting out the lingo, the new normal. These are extraordinary times. No, they're not. You're the one that's violating your ruling authority. We don't have rulers. We have representatives. We have a constitution. If you're, if you're obeying governors or city officials that contradict the constitution, you're the one violating Romans 13. Not pastors like me who kept our churches open, honoring the First Amendment, honoring the 14th Amendment. 
You're the ones who are wrong. You need to repent. Start off with this very simple sentence. I was wrong. It's not that hard. Pure icy Coca-Cola. All right. That actually it fires me up even more. On to the wondrous state of New York. From the Gateway Pundit, New York's Governor Cuomo, Health Commissioner Zucker, and Executive Deputy Commissioner Dreslin have coronavirus blood on their hands. Nothing could be more true than that. Their actions led to thousands of deaths in New York State. Yakov Applebaum at the Illustrated Primer drafted a post on the recent actions of New York's governor and the Department of Health Commissioner and Executive Deputy Commissioner. They are accountable for thousands of nursing home deaths because of their insane directives related to the Chinese coronavirus. You had one job. Instead of concentrating on what needed to be done, they concentrated on everything that didn't need to be done. You didn't need to send home the 37-year-old truck driver, the 47-year-old nurse, the, the 51-year-old uh, restaurant worker. No, they should all have just step, kept their jobs and kept the economy going. You'd have no, no interruptions whatsoever. That's what should have happened. And you take and you, you guard with, with your very life the elderly, those in nursing homes. Like Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis sent the National Guard to the nursing homes in the state of Florida. Hence the reason... There's 5,500 deaths in nursing homes in the state of New York, and I guarantee it's twice that. And there's 700 in the state of Florida, and we have way more elderly here. There's a nursing home on every corner here. Applebaum first points out that the ludicrous directive from, from New York's Department of Health, including, get ready now, during this global health emergency... All nursing homes must comply with the expedited receipt of residents returning from hospitals to nursing homes. So in other words, you must comply. If you have somebody coming to your nursing home from a hospital, you must let them in. Everybody, I want you to hear it because you're going to hear a very contradictive uh, message coming from Cuomo in just a minute. But if you have somebody coming from a hospital in the state of New York, you must let them into the nursing home. You must let them in. Number two, no resident shall be denied readmission or admission. Everybody hear that? No resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. So they can't be denied admission with a confirmed case of COVID. This directive ran from March 25th to May 10th. They were still doing this. 18 days ago, 20 days ago. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring a hospital, hospital, hospitalized, hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission. Did everybody hear that? Nursing homes are, pro, are prohibited, prohibited from testing people coming from hospitals they're prohibited from testing them for COVID-19. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring hospitalized residents who, are de who, who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19. So if they were stable, you couldn't test them. If they were coming from a hospital, 
You could not test them for COVID if they were stable. But remember all the rhetoric we heard? We heard all this rhetoric all the time. That, you know what, people, people who are asymptomatic can be, can be giving COVID to people. That's kind of being disproven now, but that's what we've been hearing for the last four months. But right here in the state of New York, if you showed no signs of it and you're coming from the hospital, they, couldn't, they weren't allowed to test you for COVID going into a nursing home. They were prohibited from testing those people. At the root of all of, all of it all are the three of you, Andrew Cuomo, Howard Zucker, and Sally Dresden. You, your mainstream media accomplices, this is uh, Applebaum writing, and the health industry sponsors are the prime movers behind the death sentence that you pronounced on thousands of high-risk, elderly New York nursing home residents. The directive, like I said, ran from April 25th to May 10th. It's been taken down, get this now, it's been taken down now from the Department of Health website, the New York Department of Health website. It's been on there until three days ago. And now it's been taken down. Well, I wonder why that would be. Cuomo is now blaming nursing home administrators saying it was their decision to let people in or not. After he ordered them not to be tested, when they come in and not to ever ordered you will not turn any COVID patient away ordered and now cuomo is saying no it was the nursing homes play the video guys is now blaming nursing homes check this out the nursing home the obligation is on the nursing home to say i can't take a COVID positive person i'm too crowded i'm too busy i don't have enough ppe whatever the answer is doesn't even matter it's if they say I can't take the person, they can't take the person. So that's, that's how it worked. Holy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Bongito exploded on it. So that's what, remember now, he ordered them to take them, and now he's saying it's up to them whether they take them. How does that make it that typical, though? Typical Democratic Party leader. Absolutely typical. Lies, lies with just ease. I mean, just absolutely, it just flows out of them like it's absolutely nothing. It's amazing. There's no guilt involved. Just, how do I, if you're principalist and you, all that matters to you is getting, squirming your way out of situations, not telling the truth, he just lied. Those, those are all bold-faced lies. You know, if they don't have enough PPE, if they don't, that's all, those are all lies. He ordered them, you will not turn any of these patients away. You will not even, you're not even allowed to test. Why would he not allow them to be tested for COVID? Because he's ordering them to take them anyway. And now he's saying, now he's saying that it was their decision. How is it their decision when you get a directive from the governor and from these other health officials that you will take them? How is, how is it their decision? And how, where's the media? Of course, nobody's going to ask. It's going to be up to people like us. What he was doing instead was, who knows what he was doing instead? Who knows? He wasn't protecting the most vulnerable. So what was he on and about doing? Well, let's look. I've got another video for you. This is what Cuomo, Cuomo was concentrating on. So um, if the, we're following the guidance right now from the U.S. Tennis Association. And if we get more rules handed down from Nassau, the state, course, Nassau County, New York. Accordingly. But I will fill you in on what those rules are. Singles only no doubles 
only every other court. You have to have a court between every other players, court. between people, sets of people playing. Thank you. Um, every player, unless they're from the safe, same household, has to bring their own tennis balls so that you don't touch other people's tennis balls um, with your hands. You can kick their balls, but you can't touch them. <laughs> I'm going to blush, sorry. Um, of course, if you're, if you're playing with someone in your household, you can touch those tennis balls. Thank you. Uh, to avoid, <laughs> to avoid confusion official. between whose balls are whose, you can use a marker, like a Sharpie, to mark out, to put an X, or put someone's initials on them. Um, I would just say... All right, back to me, guys. So just to be clear, that's Nassau County, New York. So th instead of actually cordoning off the most vulnerable, he, we have health officials out there. Now, just to be clear, you can kick you can kick somebody else's balls, and if you're wondering whose balls are whose, you can mark them. There you go. That's Clever to Cuomo. Thank you so much. The average age of Americans who've died of COVID-19 between February 1st and, March, and May 2nd is 75. That's who needed to be protected. And did he do it? No. And by the way, neither did Whitmer and neither did Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. Tom Wolf's health director, pulled, they, they opened up all the homes. Get, get this now. I can't remember. He's, he's a transgender gentleman. He's a he. What, he dresses like a she, but he's a he. Tom Wolf's health director in the state of Pennsylvania. They have the same directive that you will take COVID patients into the nursing homes and we will kill you. That's, what, that, that's simply what it is. They have the same mentality as Ralph Northam. Well, we're going to place the child on the table, and then a, a conversation will ensue. And who will it be that will go over and wrap their hands around that child's neck and suffocate it to death? They all have this. They don't have any respect for human life. They're always, they're always the ones. The children, the children, it's all about saving a life. They butcher 42 million babies a year in the womb worldwide. They're all the same. Tom Wolf's health secretary in his own state cleared out his own mother first and then instituted the COVID-19 rules. Think about that. That's being criminally investigated. The average age of death of COVID-19 is 75. What are you doing? You had one stinking job. It wasn't to shut down the restaurant industry or to cause doctors, nurses, and hospital workers to be laid off by the hundreds of thousands. It wasn't your job to lay off 40 million Americans. Your job was to cordon off the most vulnerable Cuomo, and you didn't do it. It's as simple as that, and he's not the only one. 43% of all COVID deaths in the United States are in nursing homes. Not the elderly in nursing. Most elderly people aren't in nursing homes. 43% of all COVID deaths are in nursing homes. One job that's the government, that the governor's had one job to do. Instead of worrying about contact tracing every 30-year-old, why don't you cordon off the most vulnerable and protect them? Why don't you isolate them? Why don't you quarantine them and take good care of them? But nope! You're too worried about contact tracing 20-year-olds. Here's the deaths per 100,000. Are you ready? Zero to 19. Deaths per 100,000. Zero. This is all statistically. 
Doesn't mean that nobody ever died of COVID at that age, but it's statistically. Deaths per 100,000 for 20 to 29-year-olds, zero. 30 to 39-year-olds, one. 40 to 49-year-olds, four. 50 to 49-year-olds, 15. Now we get into trouble. 60 to 69, 48. 70 to 79, 192 and 100,000. 80 plus, 884 per 100,000. Do you see it? Why are we contrasting? Why are you contact tracing 0 to 19, 20 to 29, 30 to 39, 40 to 49, 50 to 59? Why? Why exactly would you ever be paying attention? Why are they not working? Why are your churches closed? And I'll be honest with you. I would tell my elderly people to stand in faith, but work out your own salvation. Do what you want. But everybody else, get your butt in church. Do you not know the word of God? No plague shall draw near thy dwelling. Psalm 91. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you not believe the word of God? Stealing from Jonathan again. Whatever happened to believing for the miraculous in this country? I would say this. What happened to believing in the word of God? Instead of believing in Ralph Northam, Tom Wolfe, Andrew Cuomo, Janet Mills, Gavin Newsom. And we got to trust our leaders. We got to trust the experts. We want to be good community partners. All right, I'm going to try to draw this to a close right here. The church's response. See, that's, that's what we need to care about. What should our response be? To everything. What should our response be? The word of God. Well, the word of God's too harsh. That means you got to tell people they're going to hell. Yeah, that's right. Narrow is the way and few find it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Narrow is the way and few find it. And right after those verses, it says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That's because they skip. That's Matthew 7, 13, 14, 15, and 16. They skip 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. They don't tell people that anymore. Oh, we're really, we're really against the death of George Floyd. Well, obviously, who wouldn't be? You're not taking any chances by doing that. I saw one goofball say that. I know I'm going to lose friends by saying, what friends are you going to lose? What, what, what friends are you going to lose by saying you're against the death of George, of George Floyd? Of course you are. Any reasonable person would be. But the church's response to everything is the word of God. Everything. Every time. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27. That's your answer. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're not shutting it down. Appreciate it. But what did the church do? The government said jump, and the church said, well, how high? We want to be good community partners. We want to follow the experts. We want everyone to think we're virtuous. The church is nothing but a virtue signaling institution now, except for a remnant. And there is a remnant rising. It's going to be two different churches in America. It's going to be your progressive ark-style garbage church, and then there's going to be Bible churches, ones that actually believe in the Word of God. The church's response must always be the Word of God. To the killing of George Floyd, what's the Word of God say? Do not take, thou shalt not take a human life. Simple as that. It was wrong. It was a sin. To rioting, you don't steal. I'll read it to you. Here we go. Exodus chapter 23 through 17. It's the, the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. 
You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother. Uh, rioters, are they honor, honoring their father and mother? No. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. For George Floyd, thou shalt not take a human life. Thou shalt not murder. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet. That's how you answer everything. Well, we don't want to sound like that in the church because if we do, we're not going to sound loving. The word of God is love. Jesus is the word of God. John chapter 1 verse 1. John chapter 1 verse 14. Jesus is the word of God. There is no Jesus outside of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John chapter 16 verse 13. So what do you say about gay marriage? Sin, what do you say about homosexuality? Sin, what do you say about pornography use? Sin, what do you say about adultery? Sin, lying, sin, no matter what. You answer with the Word of God. Should you speak in tongues? The Word of God says, yes! Should you believe in healing? Absolutely, the Word Jesus carried, took up our infirmity and carried our diseases. Matthew chapter 8. So what do you do you, with infirmity or disease? You answer with the Word of God. Well, it might offend people if they weren't healed. It doesn't matter. You answer with the word of God. Every time, every way. Should you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. What happened in, in, in Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17? Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. People had heard the gospel and gotten saved. The disciples, the first one in Acts chapter 8. The disciples went to them, prayed over them. They received the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. Same thing in Acts chapter 19 with Paul going to people who had received the gospel. So, well, we were, we were raised Baptists. It doesn't matter how you were raised. You always answer with the Word of God. Every single, if the Word of God makes you uncomfortable, then you need to be uncomfortable. That's your answer. That's how it works. Play the next video for me, guys. Um, background, but people are committed to one cause, and, and it makes so. It's not special. a sin in your church to have an abortion. Um, that's the kind of conversation we would have. Finding out your story, where you're from, what Work you believe. Like yeah, I mean, God's the judge. People have to live to their own convictions, and I think if I have to tell you, um, that's such a that's such a broad question to me. I'm going I'm going higher. I want to sit with somebody and say, where do you believe? Um, so it's I, not an open and shut case with you. Some people would say it is. I, I think to me, I'm trying to teach people who Jesus is first, mm -hmm. find out their story. Before I start picking and choosing what I think is sin in your life, mm -hmm. I'd like to know your name. Well, you know, we have... Is that the word of God? This is a Pat, this Carl Lentz, Pat, I, mean, I put him on. He's on national the TV show, The View. And again, stealing from Jonathan Shuttlesworth, he said, what is, what's different? about your views from the ladies on the view what what should what's the difference between how you believe and what they believe that man there's no distinguishment whatsoever what do you mean you're going higher higher than the word of god higher than the word of god carl that the word your your wisdom now trumps i'd like to know their name first i'm i'm not the judge god is you have to live according to your own beliefs what, what are you winning people to at Hillsong, New York? Winning them to their own beliefs? That's not salvation. You have to confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Jesus is Lord. 
You have to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised them dead. Well, no, I just, you know, they, everyone's got to live their own convictions. Live their own convictions. What has happened to the church? When Corona is over, I will be never ending on this stuff. You're not the judge? Well, let's look at the word. What does the word of God say? Do not judge according to appearance, Jesus said, but judge according to righteous judgment. So how do you judge according to righteous judgment? You go to the word. All right, well, what's abortion? Taking a human life? All right, well, let's go to the word of God. Well, Tom, you were, you were back in uh, you know, Exodus 23 through 17 with the you know, Ten Commandments. That's Old Covenant. Well, let's look at New Covenant then. Now the works of this is Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies. So here it is, murders. What should Carl Lentz have said when Joy Behar asked you, so abortion is okay in your church? He should have said, absolutely not. Well, that means he'll never go on the view again. That's right. That's right. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Luke chapter 6, verse 26. That's what he should have said. Abortion is outright sin, but you can be forgiven if you turn from it. That's what should have been said. What did he say? Well, people have to live by their own convictions. I want to go higher. I want to tell them that Jesus loves them. You read them the word of God. That is Jesus' love for them. See, Christians feel the need to somehow filter the word of God with their love filter. Well, we got to water it down to make it palatable. No, you preach the word instantly, in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. 2 Timothy 4 2. Now, here's the thing. What was the first two? Reprove, which means correct, rebuke, which means the sternly correct, and then lift up. That's what's supposed to happen. And that's not what this man said. Represent, he doesn't represent me. I don't know what he, he represents his own convictions. Finishing with this. Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 8 and 9. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die for his sin, but I will hold you accountable for his blood. What is that saying? You have to tell people the truth. Pastor Lentz lied to millions of people. Tom, you should. Judgment begins at the house of God. If you don't believe in correcting other Christians, then you've never read the Bible. I don't even know if he is one believing the way that he believes. But what should he have done? When, when you say, if you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways, you have to tell a person, if you commit, if you, if you got an abortion, you sinned to dissuade him from his ways. Oh, wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die of his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. If you have somebody who's a liar, who's had abortions, who's sexually sinning, and you know it, and they're sitting in your church, and they come up with you and say to you, here's, where the, here's how I'm living, and you say nothing, this is you. Well, you're mean, Tom. No, I'm not mean. That's the Bible. I will hold you accountable for his blood. 
But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways and he does not do so, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. You have to speak the truth to everybody. And where am I going to be tomorrow? I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be. First of all, I'm going to be here at 10 a.m. preaching my lungs out tomorrow. If you don't have a place to go or you know what, you're fed up with a cowardly pastor that's got his church closed or just is reopening it on, on Pentecost Sunday, you need to be here tomorrow. If you're within Inglewood, Florida, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida, we will find, we've been full. We will find a way to get you in here. We will get, be here. Be here. You will be touched by God. You will hear the whole, you will hear the word of God. You will be touched by the Holy Spirit if you're here tomorrow. Drive here, anywhere within an hour and a half or two of here, get here. Here's the other thing. At 5.30 tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be at the river in Tampa Bay. That's going to be their second service of Sunday. They're opening tomorrow at 9.30. Guys, get that video ready for me. I want to play that. If you're anywhere in, in the Tampa Bay area, anywhere within two hours of Tampa, you guys got that ready? Let me know. Okay, thank you. Because I can't see it on my screen. If you're anywhere near Tampa, be there. Be there. And they're going to keep going now for I don't know how long. I heard Pastor Jonathan's going to be there. I'm not sure what dates. I think he's going to be there all this week. I'm going to be there as much as I possibly can. But I can guarantee you one thing. I will be there tomorrow at 530. That's their afternoon service. Tomorrow morning, it's at 930. Go, go, go. I don't care if your church is opening in Tampa. They never should have closed anyway. Go flood. And yes, pun intended, flood the river tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning and at 5.30 at night. Play that video, guys. And if it's the end, then so be it. We're willing to die for the cause of the gospel. And you might not think that this is about the gospel, but let me tell you, this is an insidious plan to shut the church of Jesus Christ down. But I've got news for you and all those that are watching. You cannot stop the church. It is impossible to stop the church. The church, triumphant, shall stand. And he's coming back for a glorious church. And we will see another great spiritual awakening that shall sweep across America, that shall sweep across the nation of the earth. And every country shall be shaken. But the kingdom of heaven will come out stronger than before. Try to shut it up. You can try to squash the church. You can try to take away Bibles. You can try to remove everybody from meeting. But you will not stop the body of Christ. The church triumphant shall stand. Amen. Listen, you got to go on there and you got to register. All my foundation church people, I'm going up there tomorrow. I'm going to try to be there an hour early. You got to go. Let's get our foundation church shirts on and let's get up there and be there together and let's be touched by the Holy Spirit. We may be knocked over by the Holy Spirit. We might be dancing in the Holy Spirit, laughing in the Holy Spirit, whatever. But let's go there. Let's be there. All my foundation church people, let's just have a, you know, just let's suck it up and just have a huge Sunday in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's do it. Don't worry about the next day. I got to be at work. No, just let's, let's bathe in the Holy Spirit. Come on. All my foundation church people, everybody in Tampa. And again, even if your church is opening, they never should have closed anyway. So start going to the river. But let's be there. Let's be there tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow at 5.30. Everybody else in the Tampa Bay area be there at 9.30 in the morning. Make it. This is the first, first mass Christian gathering. It's post-COVID or mid-COVID or whatever we are. But let's be there. And for everybody else, be here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. 
Don't miss. Get here and you will be blessed. Let's pray. Ready? Lord, we thank you. Thank you for being together. Thank you that we're all together here just virtually online and on social media. Lord, we pray over the church right now. And we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to bring forth a mighty revival in the church in America. A revival starting with repentance. A revival starting with eyes opening. A revival starting in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray over Foundation Church tomorrow that we will be, Lord, that we will be filled with you, filled and run over with the Holy Spirit. I pray over the River Church tomorrow that it would be the exact same thing, that Holy Spirit, you would rule, reign, have your way, that there would be mighty manifestations all over the place and most of all Lord that you would receive glory honor power and praise Lord we love you Lord we praise you in Jesus name amen I will see you guys tomorrow I love you thank you for being on